Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopball lakers the following is a hoopball presentation welcome to the fantasy nba today podcast Well, there's a relatively high likelihood that the first game on the docket will have begun by the time this podcast is out. So the good and the bad of day basketball rearing its glorious head here on this Tuesday morning on Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Welcome. welcome. Almost made it through that intro. Welcome to the show. I am Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris on Twitter, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Tips in about 40 minutes from the moment that we started recording this show. So that means by the time it's out, yes, that first game will have gone off the board. So what I'm going to do here, because the games are happening generally uh, pretty early, this is, uh, I think, the earliest one yet. This is a uh, 1.30 Eastern time game. So we're starting out here 10.30 a.m. on the West Coast. It's like football season on Sundays for a moment. Is going forward... I'm going to start with a preview of the next day, meaning today, the next day's games, and then we'll work our way back through what happened the night before. Because I know some of you are into the betting universe. I am. Lord knows I am. And so we can hit on some of that stuff and also just kind of what to keep an eye out for. So let's look at the Tuesday slate And then we'll pivot back and we'll do some recap on Monday. Brooklyn at Milwaukee, the game that has likely begun by the time you're listening to this podcast. Milwaukee is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite. Brooklyn is resting everyone. I should say everyone left because half of their team was already gone. Remember, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, Wilson Chandler, Nick Claxton. None of those guys went to the bubble, which, by the way, I have a discussion point on that that I'll do Uh, before we talk about the other five games coming up later today. In addition, Joe Harris is listed with back tightness as out. Karis LeVert, a thigh contusion, is out. Jared Allen is just resting. They just ran out of excuses after Joe Harris and Karis LeVert, and they said, Jared Allen, you have a tired situation. Somebody started drilling something right behind me. I thought the whole place was coming down. That was wild. Uh, So Brooklyn, who do they have left is a great question. Well, Jamal Crawford is active for this ballgame. And frankly, if you have five minutes to pick him up and throw him into your lineup, I think I probably would. Garrett Temple is active. Chris Chioza, Timothy Luau Cabarro, Tyler Johnson, Rodion's Curix. It's honestly difficult to know if any of these guys is going to do enough to be fantasy relevant. You've got to think someone will. But at the same time, they're going up against one of the best defenses that the league has seen in years. 
So it's possible that they just play all of these guys 20-something minutes and call it a day, and maybe, like the one guy you might argue, TLC, Luau Cabarro, he should probably play enough to have fantasy value. Like, will Garrett Temple take over 10 shots? Is Jamal Crawford going to take 30 shots? Is Rodion's Curix going to take 10 or more? I mean, it's really, it's truly hard to know. This could be a glorious fantasy game, and it could also be one of the most brutal things that any of us has ever seen. Milwaukee should be resting people. I don't know if they will be. I, I've heard nothing to that effect. Well, obviously, we'll know by the time you're even listening to this thing. Um, And that's, I mean, that's game one. If there was time for you guys to get a bet in, I would have looked at the under, if only because... I legitimately don't know if Brooklyn can break 95 points in this game. The only way they get there is if it gets to, and it really could, to garbage time by like the middle of the third quarter and it just runs up and down the floor. But a lot of times those those guys in garbage time are just not good enough to make a ton of buckets. Uh, so yeah, kind of an ugly one. want to remind you guys before we get to the games that likely haven't started yet that this segment and all HoopBall podcasts are brought to you by our buddies at mybookie.ag. Use coupon code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all one word. Coupon code is HOOPBALL when you sign up at mybookie.ag to get 100% deposit match. They will double what's in your account. You put in 25 bucks. They give you 25 bucks. You put in 100 bucks. They give you 100 bucks to play with. You also get a $10 baseball futures wager, uh, a ticket, basically a voucher that you can use on any MLB futures bet, which, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, is actually sneaky awesome because baseball is so screwed up right now with teams just missing a week at a time. It sounds like the Marlins might finally get to play again. They've only played three games so far. The Phillies have only played four games. The Cardinals, who are now set to basically sit out a four-game series because they've had a COVID outbreak, have only played five games to this point. There are going to be teams that finish this 60-game sprint, which is already roughly a third the length of a normal baseball season, missing an additional five to ten games. I don't know how they're going to do record. I mean, it's going to have to just be however many games over 500 you are and then tiebreakers with percentages, and it's why the playoffs are so expanded this year. Things can get weird. I mean, look, you guys know I'm a Dodger fan. I don't do a whole lot of baseball wagering or fantasy play, but I'll tell you right now, like, if we get to the playoffs and, I don't know, what if Clayton Kershaw's back acts up? The team that should be the best team in the National League the Dodgers are not that deep at starting pitcher. They might have to go Walker Bueller, which is great. Uh, and then like Julio Urias and Ross Stripling in a best of three, if they don't have a uh, a free pass through one of those opening rounds. Like there's a lot of really weird things that could happen. So screw it. Throw a futures wager on the Reds to come out of the National League or something weird like or the Brewers. Get weird with it. The Padres, they're not horrible. They're a decent team. Get weird, man. Use that futures wager. Anyway, again, that's coupon code HOOPBALL. HOOPBALL over at mybookie.ag. You bet you win, they pay. The other games on the docket for later on today. Dallas 
at Sacramento. That ball game is uh, about a noon tip here on the West Coast. Uh, 11.30, actually. So about 11.40, that game will probably start. Dallas, a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Kings, who at this point now are running out of time. I thought Sacramento... I'll, I'll take my lumps where I have to. I thought Sacramento was going to come out and keep playing well. They were really rolling going into the suspension but the suspension hasn't hurt anybody more than Sacramento. Uh, Grizzlies were already struggling prior to the shutdown. The Kings were the team that is is getting whopped here. They they were seven and three in their final game, ten games before the shutdown. Um, they've lost both of, both of their games since resuming. They got blown out by Orlando. They didn't play well against a Spurs team that honestly is not really isn't as bad as I thought they were going to be. But this is sort of the last hurrah. The Mavs look like they're more and more getting locked into that seven spot. They're still two and a half games back of the Thunder after playing a couple of these resumption games. They're going to be gunning for them, though. This is not going to be an easy game for the Kings. This is backs against the wall, and we'll see, can they respond? I think the answer is yes. I would look at the Kings to cover the five and a half and the over in this game. Uh, if you believe Sacramento's going to cover, I think that probably means that they just keep it tight. Dallas is never going to slow down. The question is, does anybody miss any shots? And I don't see the Kings winning this game with defense. So a lot of times, you guys know I lean towards the under in what I believe will be hotly contested playoff-style games. That would pull me towards the under in this game, but I like the over a little bit more because I think Sacramento does actually keep it tight. Do they win? I don't know. But the total of 236.5 and, uh, and the breakdown, the, the spread, gives you a projected outcome of about Dallas 121, Sacramento around 115, 116, somewhere in that neck of the woods. And I feel like that's actually a very reasonable number. In fact, I would probably bring Dallas down by a bucket and maybe Sacramento up by one. So you're looking at about 120 for each of those two teams. Um, I looked at the side more than the total in this particular ballgame. Phoenix uh, catching eight and a half against the Clippers team that shot out of their minds in their last ball game against Memphis. They will not make that many contested three pointers in this ball game. It's just the law of averages, but they are obviously a far better team. Phoenix, oddly enough, has given the Clippers kind of a hard time at times this year. I would look at the underdog in this one as well. I think, you know, you, you look at how a team's schedule breaks down. The Clippers bounced back off the loss against L.A., clobbered the Pelicans. They're now starting to look like they're going to get locked in as the two seed with a game and a half lead on the Nuggets and a schedule that sort of allows itself. Clippers have the Suns here, the Mavs, the Blazers. Those will be tougher games. Then they've got the Nets mixed in. Um, eh, I mean, this is this is a little bit of a look ahead if you're going to frame it like that. And for the Suns, they're playing for pride. Those teams are more dangerous than people realize. If you're looking at the total in this game, the total of this one is 229 and a half. I think that's actually uh, pretty good. Wouldn't I wouldn't venture uh, into that one. Orlando, one and a half point favorites against the Indiana Pacers. Mavericks, uh, excuse me, the Magic, I should say, playing fast, playing fast and loose. They've been looking good. They beat up on the Kings in their last one. Lost Jonathan Isaac for a year to the uh, ACL injury, but I don't think that changes things much. Indy. Uh, they should have Oladipo back for this ballgame. Brogdon on a little bit of a minutes limit. TJ Warren steamrolling the league right now. I like the over in this ballgame at 225. I'm just keep on riding the magic overs until they stop hitting. Orlando's playing faster than people realize. 
And I don't, I mean, you just, you just keep cashing it until it's something turns back the other way. So I like the over in this one. I think it is going to be a pretty close ball game. Uh, I actually like Indiana to win it, but you know, if you, if that's the side you're looking at Boston, three and three points, uh, they're laying three against Miami. This will be a tight ball game as well. I don't have a feeling on the side or the total of 220 in this particular contest. This is a sit back and watch. And Houston, a four-point favorite against the Portland Trailblazers. Should be a good ball game as well. Total of 245 on this game. I would look a little bit towards the under, if only because I legitimately don't know how these teams continue to score at the pace they do. But, you know, it it is conceivable. Neither one of these teams is really going to be hunkered in on defense. Blazers obviously need this game more than the Rockets do. Houston's looked good in this resumption so far. It looks like they've played their way out of any fear of dropping into a Lakers-Clippers first-round matchup. And now, they're, honestly, they're in a pretty good spot. They they would have the Jazz in the first round if things ended right now. Um, they'll just keep doing what they're doing. I, I don't think the Rockets are worried about the day-to-day all that much. So pretty good numbers here. Um, eyeballing the under, again, if I'm going to look at any any particular part of this this particular contest. Um, that Orlando Indy over and the sides in the earlier games, probably the two that I would look at first, and then Boston-Miami again, the one game where I'm not looking at much on the, uh, the, the betting slate. As far as the fantasy implications of these games go, I, I mean, I think we're riding it out a little bit more than expected. I, I was hoping we'd be able to do some quick trigger pickups and drops but because these games are starting so early, I don't know that there's really sufficient time to make a ton of morning moves. I, they're, you know, they're just they're coming at you. We are probably two-ish games away from seeing teams going into a, a, a greater shutdown mode. Uh, you saw Brooklyn resting guys, but they're not going to go into full shutdown because they're going to be in the playoffs. Sacramento, you know, they're they're teetering on the brink. Phoenix, how long do they play for Pride? At some point, they'll probably start resting their guys. And that's when we can start to dive in and grab these sort of one-game solutions because, you know, like with Dennis Schroeder, that was a piece of news from yesterday. It sounds like the baby is coming. So I rolled the dice there. I thought maybe we'd get two, three, four games out of him. We got one. Oh, well, you know, you blow an eighth, ninth round pick on that. And uh, so you go. So that's the look ahead, and I wanted to try to get it in there uh, at a decent clip because, again, these games do roll all day long, and hopefully that was somewhat helpful for you guys. And as we turn the page now backwards to the Monday results, I want to remind you that this podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Manscaped.com. The coupon code over there is HOOPBALL20 because you get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Check out the Lawnmower 3.0. There are many of you, and a lot of you have actually told me about it, which is super cool. Uh, so I could give you some shout-outs on the podcast and on Twitter. Uh, Josh Millman, who you heard on last week's show, the latest hoop baller, actually, to purchase a, uh, a lawnmower from Manscaped.com. They're sweet, man. They're great products. Manscaped.com. Coupon code HOOPBALL20. Get 20% off and free shipping on your order. They've also got other stuff, uh, cheaper things, if you don't want to go the full... Uh, sideburn trimmer root but it's good stuff really built-in led pinch free technology they have a good thing they know what they're doing you know you specialize and you put that out there good prices good discounts good product manscaped.com go check it out immediately 
Looking back at the results from Monday, uh, Toronto beat Miami with some last-second heroics, 107-103. Freddie Van Fleet, career-high 36 points. We were very high on Van Fleet for this resumption campaign. We had him at 25 uh, over these eight games, and so far, uh, I don't see any real reason to move off of that marker. He's looked awesome. He's... uh, working on trying to set himself up for a contract for the following year. And so, you know, 13 points, 11 assists, a steal, and three threes in game one. 36 points, a steal, seven threes, 13 out of 13 from the free throw line in game two. Yeah, I mean, I see he, he could very easily be a top 30 guy during this resumption campaign. Siakam looked better here in his second game. Kyle Lowry shot the ball poorly, but at 14, 8, and 5. With three defensive stats, Marcus Sewell was the guy who kind of got aced out a little bit. Norman Powell, also a slightly slower ball game, which, again, you know, the fact that we had three, four decent fantasy games in a uh, a game where the total was only 210 is actually pretty good news. On the Miami side, Jimmy Butler was good. Kelly Olynyk made me eat my hat, had his second good game in a row. Can he make it three? I'm still skeptical because Toronto basically forced Duncan Robinson out of this ballgame. They double-teamed him and denied him, and the Heat had to go a different way. So they got more Goran Dragic, more Kelly Olenek. Uh, they slowed Bam out of bio. It was kind of a weird game for the Heat. I think this this will be more the exception. But our guy Jay Crowder, king of the plotters, had another good one, 16-6 and six with a steal and four three-pointers, and he's going to be just fine during this resumption campaign. He's just going to sort of mosey along, playing 30-something minutes-ish and uh, putting up threes and steals. Anything else is gravy. This would be a sell time, by the way, on Dragic, if that's a possibility in your league. And I'm still, again, I'm not really, I'm not jumping into the Kelly Olenek thing. I feel like the air is going to come out pretty soon. TJ Warren was brilliant again, 34-11-4, with seven defensive stats, five for five free throw shooting, one three-pointer instead of nine in his last one. Uh, four assists, uh, 54% from the field. I mean, he has been absolutely brilliant. I can't believe that our 40-something ranking on him is going to turn out to be three rounds too low. Ah, well. Uh, No Oladipo in this one. He sat that one out. He'll be playing most likely in this next one because it's a back-to-back. Aaron Holiday, 17-2-2, still played 36 minutes despite Brogdon playing 35 but those numbers for Holiday are going to peel off now with uh, Oladipo back in there. He might still play, but his usage is going to bottom out. And uh, I- I'm not jumping on that train unless they're sitting a bunch of dudes, which they likely won't be. Miles Turner, 17-9 with a couple of blocks. He'll be solid the rest of the way. Brogdon looks like he's going to be solid the rest of the way. And uh, no, if you're asking should you do anything with Jakar Sampson, that's the uh, the answer before the fact. That's a hard thing to do to answer a question before you ask the question. Uh, the Wizards side. Okay, so we've got confirmation. They're going to they're run Thomas Bryant into the ground here during this resumption, or maybe they just play him huge minutes for five games and shut him down. But he looks like he's going to be a, a hell of a steal. And maybe he will be going into next year. I mean, if he's healthy, he's showing himself to be a damn capable center on this club. Isak Bonga played 35 minutes again. He, he doesn't do enough for me to really get into it yet, but I'll tell you what, if he does it again and plays 35 minutes again, I might have no choice. Shabazz Napier played better coming off the bench at 16-2-4 with a block. Looks like he's not going to get anywhere near his ADP as he continues to split minutes with Ish Smith. Troy Brown Jr. played well again 
with a lack of peripheral stats, but he looks like he's going to be a solid uh, kind of plodding type with uh, with some upside. And then Rui Hachimura at 9, 7, and 6, but the shots just aren't falling right now. You know, if he's hitting his normal 50%, this is a 15, 7, and 6 game with decent numbers, uh, and I think he'll probably eh, be better than this the rest of the way. Denver beat OKC in overtime. We uh, I mentioned on the podcast yesterday I liked Denver in this game. I didn't think they were nearly as bad as they looked in that first one, even with the entire team on the shelf. Will Barton, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, all out. Michael Porter Jr. played 44 minutes and had a huge one. His role will, of course, diminish when this team gets healthy, as is the case for Monty Morris, as is the case for Jeremy Grant, who didn't really take any shots but did play more than usual. Paul Millsap was solid. Jokic triple-doubled. Those guys are the guys you stick with even after Barton, Murray, and Harris come back. Uh, There's going to be a lot of Porter buzz after a giant game, and there should be. He he was extraordinary on offense in this one. But there's just sort of not enough. You know, he's not going to play 44 minutes when three guys come back. And, uh, you know, those, those minutes are coming from the three guys I just mentioned. Torrey Craig only played 24 minutes in this game because Porter took all of his minutes. Those guys are going to end up fighting each other going forward for the backup 20-something minutes. So, no, I'm not dumping him into my lineup unless we find out Barton, Murray, and Harris are all still out, in which case, yeah, you can certainly roll the dice there because he's going to score, he's going to rebound, and and that's enough right now. For OKC, they lost Dennis Schroeder. He's off for the birth of his child, I think. We were told it was a personal departure and we already knew that was something that was going to happen so that just means more for Shea Chris Paul Danilo Gallinari uh, you'd like to see more from Steven Adams but he didn't really do much in this game and Nerlens Noel got you seven boards and three more blocks what does he have seven blocks in his two games so far these guys are a big deal specialists big deal in the resumption campaign Memphis lost again they're on three in the resumption campaign Valanciunas 13-13 in four blocks he was good fouled out in 29 minutes Grayson Allen hit five threes off the bench. JJJ almost had another triple two, two uh, short a steal. Actually had four twos. Two threes, two rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Brandon Clark, 10 and 8 with a block. Dylan Brooks at 15. John Morant, 11, 5 and 8. Uh, but horrible field goal percent. And, you know, he was one of those guys that I mentioned as a, a possible big time overdraft. And it's looking like that may be the case. New Orleans, uh, I mean, Lonzo Ball, he's just better with Zion on the floor. His, his line wasn't fantastic, but he was better. Josh Hart at 15-7, and seven, so he was the guy who woke up off the bench in this one. Favors, 13 rebounds and a block. Did play 28 minutes again, so that's fine. Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, they're all okay. I would expect better. And then Zion at 23-7-5 as he starts to get his feet under him, but tanked you from the free throw line going 5 out of 10. Yucky. DeMar DeRozan, 30 points for the Spurs, who almost won this game. It took a uh, Shake Milton three ball to beat him. Rudy Gay had 24, but little else. Derek White looked great again. DeJounte Murray slowed down for a game, but I think he'll be fine in the next one. And then Jakob Pertl, who I also mentioned as a possible overdraft with as much buzz as he was getting. 25 minutes, uh, four points, four boards, four assists, one block, fouled out. I mean, he's, he's just, he was going to be fine. We always knew he was going to be fine, but he was never going to be as good as what people hoped. He was just not going to play 30 minutes a night. On the Sixers' side, Tobias Harris continues to be the easiest pick in fantasy, uh, regardless of format. He's going to he's going to be a uh, guy that was drafted near 45 or 50 that cruises to top 30 value in this resumption or better. Josh Richardson, just the signs of life. 
on a bad field goal percent, so that's something. Embiid, 27-9-5. Ben Simmons looks uh, confused and out of place as the starting power forward. My hope for the Sixers is that they get that sorted out. Al Horford played 32 minutes off the bench because Simmons fouled out. Simple as that. And the Lakers beat the Jazz, 116-108. Offense was better in this ballgame. A lot of folks had the over. I was among them. I liked that play. Uh, 80-42-12. Turns out he's good. LeBron, 22-8-9. Turns out he's fine also. KCP had 10 points and a couple of steals. This is more the plotting line we were expecting from him. Danny Green lost playing time to a host of Lakers off the bench because his shot just still isn't falling. Finally took some stuff from inside the three-point line. Uh, and the Lakers had enough. It was a game where they had enough. They went from the big guns, and, and that was sufficient. Royce O'Neal was really good. Five points, 13 rebounds, five assists, four steals. He looks like he's, uh, you know, we had him. Where the hell did we have Royce O'Neal on our board? Uh, 118, I think he's probably going to beat that. You know, we had him as sort of a mid-pack plotting type, but it looks like he's going to get uh, enough to to sort of mess around and have some fun. The question really was, would he would he get enough usage to be relevant? And in his three games so far, he's aver- he'd had 12, 10, and 5 points. I don't think that's ever going to be a deal, but he has 8 steals in those games. He has 27 rebounds over those three games, 5 three-pointers. He has 10 assists. No blocks yet, but I'll tell you what, he he belongs as your last guy at this point if he's not yet on a roster. And I'm guessing that he continues to be overlooked because uh, I, he wasn't really drafted in most of my resumption stuff that I was watching. I'm guessing he's probably been picked up by now. But uh, if not, he should be. I think he's on a team in both of my leagues. I got to pay more attention to these things once they get going. Here I am yammering about them and not making the moves. Mike Conley, 24-8. and eight. Donovan Mitchell, 33-4. and four. Uh, and Utah appears to be, you know, a three and a half fantasy te- team guy. Joe Ingles had a rough one. Uh, I mean, he'd, I think he was generally matched up with LeBron and KCP and Danny Green, so that didn't augur well. Uh, but as the third fiddle in the starting unit, he's he's suffering. I think he'll be better than this the rest of the way. Five points, five assists is just not going to get it done. But he's probably going to uh, be lower than where he was taken, which is a shame because. Uh, I gave him the benefit of bumping up into Boyan's minutes. We knew he wasn't going to take stuff away from Conley or Mitchell. Just thought he'd sort of be able to do enough out there to make a point. And right now, uh, it's Royce O'Neal that's kind of moved in front of him in that regard. I don't see a massive reason to stretch this thing out much longer. A couple pieces of news for these morning games. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is back. He's starting for the Bucks here in the next couple of minutes. Robin Lopez is starting for Brooke Lopez, who's getting that first game off. We knew this was going to be happening for Milwaukee. The question was how soon, and with Brooklyn resting everyone, this made perfect sense. Lou Williams has cleared his 10-day Atlanta strip club chicken wing um, quarantine, so he's back. He'll be overused in general. Um, Seth Curry is out. He has leg soreness. So fire up your Tim Hardaway Juniors if you have them, because that is your news of the morning. Rodion's Curix, uh, we've heard he's starting for the Nets, but I think we all sort of assumed that would be the case. And uh, I think that was basically it on the news front, other than we already mentioned 
the Dennis Schroeder deal. It's hard. When I'm working backwards like this, it becomes harder because normally I look at the news first, and now we've talked about a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, oh, what did I not, what did I not mention? Uh, what did I not mention this thing? Blah, 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 blah. I think that was it. You know what? If I missed it, we'll do it on Twitter. We'll keep this one brief, guys. Have a wonderful Tuesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow morning. We'll just keep breaking things down. We're playing basketball, and they start in six minutes from right at this actual moment. You can figure out when I finish the podcast by that. I'm Dan Vespers. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We are still recruiting. We need folks for our gambling division. We got three horses right now, Ira, Devin, and Troy, and we really want to expand that unit. So if you're big into betting, hit me up. I'm sure we got a spot. We can drop you in there, do some pods, do some articles, get some best bets rolling as we grow out that side of the operation. And sales, I've talked about that before. If you're a dynamo on the phone, if you got some daytime availability, bug me. Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google Dan from Hoopball. I'll pop right up there at the top because my last name is kind of annoying to spell. Okay, for real this time. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.